The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Time to turn your site into a money-making machine. WebmasterRadio.fm presents the Shoe Money Show. Your host, Jeremy Shoemaker, covers all the angles from contextual advertising, affiliates, donations, subscription, direct sales, pay-per-click, and more. The Shoe Money Show will help you get the most revenue using various streams of income. Show me the money. Now, join your host as we bring on the bling. Give it up for Shoe Money. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Jeremy Shoemaker, and you're listening to The Shoe Money Show. Today is Tuesday, January 29th, and with me today is the CEO of Azugalad, Mr. Don Mathis. Don, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing really well. So it's a, just, I was just kind of looking at the uh, news today of Yahoo's earnings are down like 24% and whatnot, but... That's a little surprising. So, uh, yeah, a- welcome to the show. And uh, everybody, Don is the CEO of Azugalads, who um, you should probably know is one of the biggest affiliate companies there are. So, Don, how long have you been with Azugalads? How did you get started with them? I've been here for about two and a half years. Um, actually, was promoted to uh, the top spot in uh, Q4. Um, prior to that, I was the chief operating officer with the company. And uh, came in uh, through a uh, uh, being recruited, in effect, by uh, one of our backers, TA Associates, and uh, and also I knew uh, one of the folks at the company, and so that helped a lot. And uh, was thrilled to be a part of an affiliate marketing company, which has uh, you know a phenomenal track record, and uh, still does, and certainly did at the time that I joined back in August of '05. Yeah, I think. Azugalads has come a long way from when I first started working with them in, I think it was late 2004, something like that. Long, long way. And, um, and I've come a long way since then as well, so it's, it's kind of interesting. We've kind of grown <laughs> at the same time, and, and through, we, we both were kind of heavily vested in the mobile industry, I think, there for a while. And so it was kind of interesting talking shop with um, the owners there and, and stuff like that. What... Um, I, I know you guys, I, I, well, I, I don't know, but I've heard um, that possibly you guys could be going public soon. Is there any truth to that rumor? Uh, no truth to the rumor of going soon. I think, um, I think given what current market conditions are like and, uh, and, and the prospect of a, a, a recession here, it'd be a really bad time to be a public company. So... I think, look, we're you know we're we're doing quite well as a private company. Um, we've got backers who have a, a great deal of patience, and uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, Joe and Alex, the founders, you know, are still around and very actively engaged. And I think everybody's interested in and in sort of weathering the storm that's going to come up here in terms of uh, in terms of a possible broader market recession. Don't know that it, that'll affect us all that much. In fact, it could very well be an opportunity for CPA in particular, but. Uh, you know, as much as it might be an opportunity for CPA, terrible time to try to uh, test the public markets. Um, we're certainly larger than a lot of companies in uh, the Internet space who've gone out public. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the, the whole reason you go public, um, apart from having investors who are looking for an exit, 
uh, is to is to from my perspective as a member of the, the company team and for the rest of the company, it's to raise a war chest to go out and do acquisitions and things of that sort. And uh, you know, I don't I don't think we're in desperate need of any acquisitions at this time. We've made uh, we've made a one key acquisition in the past uh, that's worked out pretty well. Uh, we've we've built some things that we might otherwise have gone out and buy. I'm not really sure that we're in the market for additional acquisitions at this time. I mean, you never want to rule something out, but that's not a, a key strategic de- you know, aim for 2008. So I think we're pretty content making money and uh, and being private. Excellent. And um, how many publishers would you say you guys are up to now? Uh, we just passed the 30,000 mark. So uh, we've got quite a few. Pretty impressive. And I know... Um, you know, I, I actually moderate the affiliate forums uh, for Digital Point, which is one of the bigger ones. And, and Azugal, like, had so much traffic that quickly I was asked to create an Azugal area all on its own. And it's probably the busiest area of the of the forum itself. I don't know if you make it over there. I know you guys have a couple different guys that, that watch the area. But it's it's really amazing, like, how much I think you guys probably filter um, – well, I don't, want to, I don't know if filter is the right word, but you're very selective in the application process um, and stuff like that. And you always hear people about wondering about how best to be accepted into Azugal ads. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that, what you guys look for when accepting affiliates. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, affiliates for us uh, are the bread and butter. I mean, distribution is king from our perspective. Uh, have distribution and the advertisers will follow. And that's definitely been what the, you know, since I've been with the company, that, that's more or less how it's uh, tended to evolve. It's a little bit of a chicken and egg argument. You know, you bring in a, a great advertiser or an exclusive offer and you can uh, bring in more traffic. But, uh, you know, having said that, I think uh, we, we have a reputation for always putting the affiliates first and uh, we've tried to live up to that as much as we can. And, you know, but at the same time, you've got the challenge of making sure that the, the affiliates that you do admit um, adhere to a standard which uh, which is going to make your advertisers happy. You don't want, obviously, fraudsters to come in, and you've got to try to find those guys and, and see who they are and where they're coming from. And we've got uh, some pretty sophisticated systems at this point that we've evolved over the years to detect fraud. And uh, types of traffic, there are certain types of traffic we can monetize better than others. And uh, we try to look at all kinds of traffic, but in our experience, the usual suspects, as in search and email and web, tend to do very well. And uh, with our traffic, CoReg can do okay, um, but I wouldn't say it's one of our uh, top areas of expertise. Uh, email, in fact, is another area that I think we can grow out a lot more. Uh, and so when we're looking at publishers, we want to make sure that we've got people coming in the door who have the kind of traffic that we know we can monetize. If we bring a tr- publisher in who just isn't going to work out from a traffic type, then that person's not going to be happy to have joined us in the first place. So, so the whole application process is, is one part screening for the basics, you know, making sure someone actually has real IP addresses uh, or disclosable IP addresses and they're not listed any uh, spam domains, they're not spam house listed or anything like that. We want to make sure that they're, uh, there's some basic legitimate tests that they pass, they're actually incorporated or if not incorporated, they're registered and the postmark that they come from is where they say they're from, things of that sort, so we can establish that someone's actually bonafide. 
And then once we're sort of past that screen, we ask a whole bunch of questions. Uh, people tend to answer the questions, and that kind of spells out what type of publisher they're going to be for us and whether they're going to be uh, an effective publisher for us. And uh, from that point, we go forward and either approve or deny. I think what I'd say is that for people who are denied coming into the network, it's as often as not, if it's not for a reason of, of fraud or, or a, a pure traffic type issue, it's going to be because we've decided, look, we're not going to be the right place for that person to go. There are other networks where they might be able to go that will do better for them, but for the type of tr offers that we have, it, it's just not going to work in their environment, especially when you think about what's going to work in a search context or what's going to be appropriate for an email context. Okay, and in, in what countries, like, um, do you guys currently accept affiliates from? Uh, we're pretty limited to, to obviously, North America, Western Europe, and a handful of other countries. I don't have this specific list because it changes on a fairly regular basis. But generally, current countries where the currency is reasonably strong. And you figure if somebody is engaging in fraudulent activity, for example, and they're coming from a low-value currency country, that fraudulent activity can, uh, can yield them a lot more based on their local currency, given the fact that we pay out on the U.S. dollar. So what we've found is that where we've had problems with fraud, it has tended to come from low-value currency countries. So we've become a, a lot more selective around people coming from a country that's, that's got a currency that's pretty low compared to the U.S. dollar. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, with that, I'd, I'd like to go ahead and take our our commercial break, because um, after this, I want to get more into the guts of affiliate marketing, and maybe we'll get even some recommendations by Don on, on some offers um, and some upcoming events and, and some tips for just people listening wanting to know how to monetize traffic a little bit better. So let's go ahead and take our uh, first commercial break. Time to cash some more checks. Shoe Money will be back in a flash with the cash. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles. At hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic maximizing details now at friendfinder.com. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted Fast Click, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with Value Click Media. I've got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. Um, hello. Uh, welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... Uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. Welcome to the Daily Search Cast. you have a Windows mobile phone yet? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if the Google people stopped making applications for iPhones and started making them for Windows mobile phones? Oh, my God. Oh, go to Matt's 
blog right now. He's saying, oh, does anybody have any suggestions for the Gmail people? And I'm like, I have a suggestion. Maybe you could stop your little love affair with Apple long enough to stop developing stuff for the iPhone, which has fewer people using it than Windows Mobile, and write us a decent Gmail app for the phone. Maybe you could do that. That would be nice. The Daily Search Cast. Live broadcast Monday through Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. We're on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Watch out for the vampires. Enter the communications coven that is WebmasterRadio.fm. Now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Visit the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage for all the details. Here's more of the Shoe Money Show on WebmasterRadio.fm. All right, you. Man, I'm cash. No trying funny stuff. Now, join your host, Shoe Money. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So I'm here with um, with Don Mathis, of, the CEO of Azugal Ads, and we're talking. Um, well, the first part, we pretty much talked about uh, what Azugal's looking for in affiliates and um, how Don got started there. And this half, I kind of wanted to get more in the guts of affiliate marketing and, and kind of the state of it and where it's headed. So welcome back, Don. Thank you very much. And so what do you think about the current state of affiliate marketing, like how it's, I don't know, I guess where it's come from and, and where it's going, in your opinion? Well, I think as you mentioned when uh, when we first started the show, it's uh, we've changed a lot, you've changed a lot, the people who are still... Uh, in the industry and doing well in the industry have had to change a lot. Uh, It's a harder game than it used to be. It it used to be, even when I joined in 2005, and and certainly if you go back earlier, it was uh, was even easier. Um, At the time, it was a little bit easier to make money, especially in uh, search, but also with email. There was less regulatory scrutiny. There was uh, it wasn't as challenging to get through some of the hurdles that we've seen Google erect in the last uh, 18 months, even 12 months. And so I think it was a little bit easier. I think now there's harder work. You know, if you're going to be a publisher and you're going to, uh, or an affiliate and you're going to do well, you've got to put the time in. It's not automatic. And not that it was ever automatic, but it's just a little bit harder today, I think. And, uh, you know, I, if I were giving advice to someone, and I, and I sometimes do, who's contemplating joining as uh, us as an affiliate or just getting into the industry, I'd say, look where you can add some value. You know, don't uh, don't just slap up a landing page on uh, on an offer and expect to do well with it. Google's going to kill you with the quality score. You know, you've got to be a little bit more creative. You've got to uh, you know really add some value to the process. So I think it's uh, it's come from an easier place. It's gained to be harder. But you know, look, that's that's no surprise, right? That's how every industry kind of goes as it evolves out of the wild west stage into a more mature industry. And what I've been impressed by is a lot of the people, people like yourself and some of the other super publishers that we know and deal with, have really managed to figure out how to do that and evolve their operations along the way and are still very relevant and, and driving this business. I have, I have just an off-the-wall question. What, what do you define as a super affiliate? Um, for us, there's no clear definition like some numerical threshold that you have to pass. It's, uh, uh, as you would guess, it tends to be our... our affiliates that generate more revenue as opposed to less revenue. But I really kind of think of it more in the context of 
who's going to be a smart, thoughtful actor that gets out there and is a partner and collaborator of, our, of ours, not just somebody who registers for the network and we never talk to. I mean, I think this is an interesting point. Publishers, uh, you know, we, by the way, call affiliates publishers in-house here, which is why I keep using the terms interchangeably. But uh, affiliates, uh, to use the, the industry kind of generic term, uh, they need to be vocal with us. The, what, our single largest and best affiliate, and when I say it, they're both the largest and the best in the sense that they really are adding value to us as much as we're adding value to them, they let us know what they want. They, they get on the phone. They work with the, with the affiliate manager. They constantly talk about how we can work uh, together. They talk about what offers they'd like to run that we may not have. And look, we've got a lot of scale, a lot of, a lot of leverage in the industry. If a publisher comes to us and says, I'd like to run X and you don't have it, we can usually go out and get it. And, and that, right. those, are the, those are the super affiliates as far as we're concerned. Okay, yeah. So, you know, just to kind of cover on with uh, the state of affiliate marketing and stuff, when I first came into it, you know, 2004-ish, uh, like second quarter, third, third quarter or so, um, it, it seemed like it was so catered to the bulk emailer, and and the tools were pretty much just for them. And now you see, you know, there's. Uh, I think that for me, it's gotten easier because they realize that the search marketers and the website owners, you know, have have really become a force in affiliate marketing, um, and and it's not so much about the the bulk emailers and stuff like that. It's really kind of dying out. So, I mean, are you guys? kind of seeing the same trend, you know, move less and less away from bulk mailers or, I mean, are, or do you guys, I mean, do you guys plan on phasing out like any sort of bulk email? I know I've seen a lot of changes with your 2.0 stuff. Yeah, I mean, we certainly, you know, as you said, back when uh, when I first joined the company, back, you know, going back even a little bit earlier than that, email was a large part of uh, the revenue makeup here. Today, it's probably less than 5% of what we do. We're actually looking at trying to grow it now. And, and it's, I think what happened was it, it kind of hit the, uh, uh, the regulatory and litigation wall, and that really caused a tremendous amount of change. It, it didn't happen instantly with CanSpam, but it came, say, within 12 to 18 months of that. And that really started changing the name of the game and the ability to make money easily in email uh, went away from an affiliate perspective and to the extent that certain affiliates were engaging in practices that were not appropriate, we didn't want to be doing business with them anyway. And we, I think we ultimately decided, hey, it's a hard channel. It's got a little bit of a negative tinge connected to it, so we've got to be careful there. And we really, uh, I won't say we exited it, but we certainly de-emphasized it dramatically. Whereas search is, you know, it, search when it's done right is a phenomenal opportunity. It's a phenomenal channel. It's a place where an affiliate can still make a lot of money, and it's also a place where you're really getting a great lead. Uh, it's a high-quality lead. Email can be high-quality leads, too, you know, for sure. And, in fact, I think we're looking now, now that we've kind of got it figured out, um, it's, a, it's a great channel. We are looking at, at growing it at this point because I think it's a channel that we haven't paid enough attention to in the last 12 months in the period since we've, we've definitely changed our practices around it. So I think there's definitely room for email. I don't know that yesterday's bulk emailers are it anymore. I think it's more about people who are smarter about it, know how to do it right. Um, you'll see increasingly closed-loop or double opt-in type email lists being the ones that work. And you'll see smaller lists under greater control, but uh, higher conversion typically. It's more of a long-term play. And I think you know, you're seeing elements of that kind of across the entire sector. And a lot 
lot of what we're trying to do is develop technologies to help improve that and, and work with all of our publishers, whether they're an email publisher, we want to get that done right. But, you know, with the search guys, we want to continue to put out a set of tools there that search people can use to figure out how to do their jobs a little better, provide better metrics. The 2.0 changes were just the beginning of that, and we've got a couple others we're working on right now, which we think are going to make it easier if you're doing search to, to uh, do your business. And then for web and display, there's a lot of uh, opportunity there, and we're doing ad serving now with optimization on the back end of that and targeting, and I think that represents a lot of the future in affiliate marketing as well. Yeah, I really like um, your new 2.0, the reporting and everything like that. I have one little beef with it, and I've expressed that to Aaron, my lovely affiliate manager. Um, Sounds good. And, uh, yeah, I just just the um, I have to get emailed some of the stats. It just bugs me a little bit. But, you know, I've expressed that, and, I, and she said that they, they're working on something, which which is another good thing is, is I really like uh, with you guys the open lines of communication and kind of um, a lot of times just, you know, there's you're willing to take a look at something and somebody's idea, and I think that maybe that stems from um, your two founders, which are some pretty creative guys, Joe um, Spicer and Alex, I can never say his last name, so... <laughs> Jardinovsky. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, and um, so would you say that's kind of true? I mean, just kind of coming from the creativity of uh, of those two guys just kind of trickles down through? Yeah, I mean, they really set the cultural tone for this place uh, long before I got here. Uh, it's the attitude of Azugol compared to, certainly when we first were created, people tended to compare us to CJ or Linkshare or th- those types of affiliate networks. And they were always advertiser-focused, and we always put the affiliate first. And it makes sense, right? If you put the affiliate first, they're going to work that much harder for you. If they work that much harder for you, you're going to attract more advertisers, and it becomes a virtuous circle. And, uh, yeah, we to this day, obviously it gets a little bit more of a challenge as you've got 30,000 affiliates, but not all of those 30,000 are active at any given time, as you would guess. And, you know, we try to go out of our way anyway to meet the, the needs of the affiliate. And, again, as I was saying before, if you – um, if, if, if you're listening to the show and you're thinking about becoming an affiliate, you are an affiliate of ours, um, the thing I'd encourage the, the, the most is reach out, be proactive, speak up, and, and that way, you know, we can't read your minds. If we, if we hear what you're saying, we can address it, whether it's uh, going out and making a technical fix like you just talked about in a future release of the product, and we're constantly innovating around the product, um, or whether it's uh, an offer that you want that we don't have, we'll go out and get it. So... I recently on my blog asked for questions. Um, just I, I always just say, okay, ask me questions, because a lot of times people will ask them in off-the-wall posts, and I'll miss them. So I, I try to open it up once a month or so, and I would say probably 50% of the questions that I got uh, in last week's post were all, I have X amount of dollars, what do I do? So if somebody comes to you, I'm just going to put the heat on you for a minute, and if somebody right. comes to you, or let's say whoever, and they say, I have $100, $1,000, what should I do? And I'm not going to preface this with anything, because that's exactly what I get asked. What, what would your answer be to them? Um, and assuming that they're about to go out and try doing some spend in search capacity or, or, or what have you, are you asking sort of, you know, just very broadly? Yeah, generally, generally the question is, I have $1,000 to spend. Should I build a site? Should I spend it on affiliate marketing? Tell me what to do. Tell me what offers to do. Tell me what to do. And it's always I have an impossible time answering it. But just because, right, right. I mean, 
one, I don't, if I, if there is something that's good, I don't want to completely saturate it, right? Right. I mean, not to be a jerk, but I mean, I think there's some obvious opportunities coming up, but I mean, so if somebody comes to you, what would you tell them? Well, it's definitely, I mean, the the fastest way to, to get a return on your money in that case, I think, in our world would be to get out there and, and if you know what you're doing, uh, think about and look at doing search. And uh, and if that's the case, um, you know, if that's the case, then I think we've got a whole bunch of, of offers which will work for you and we can immediately get you monetizing things. You know, of course, mobile and dating are both big categories for us, and, and uh, we expect them to remain so. And the, the way they operate is changing, but I think they're changing for the better. We've got, you know, uh, it's Valentine's Day coming up, it's tax season coming up, and we've got offers for that. I think you can, you can get out there if you've got some money to spend, because you obviously have to have some money to get into it, whether it's on AdSense or AdWords, and start driving traffic. And if you start driving traffic, we've got the offers for you to drive traffic against. I think building a site or something like that, you know, getting into the business from that angle, it's a great angle. It's just going to take a lot longer to, to monetize. I think monetizing a site or a blog is, uh, you know, if, if you get it figured out and you, you have a target audience that you think you can attract and keep there, you know, we'd like to be able to help you monetize it. There's lots of people who can help you monetize it as well. I think that's not a bad way to go. I, I'm still a very big believer that search is one of the fastest ways, if you know what you're doing to get up to speed and uh, and make some money pretty quickly with not that much investment up front. I, I absolutely that, that agree with that. Yeah. I, think, I think one of the key things is what you said is knowing what you're doing. And for those people out there listening that are saying, I have X amount to spend and I want to get started, I think, I mean, I personally would say one of the first things you should do is get a Google AdWords account and go through their certification program, which costs you nothing. It costs you 50 bucks if you want to take the test, and you also have to spend 1000 But just go through, like, all the Flash tutorials and, and try to really understand how to use, you know, a lot of the extra variables. It always amazes me when people don't know how to, you know, make some words appear bold, you know, know how to use a, a bunch of the variables within Google AdWords or, you know, just all the search engines, and they all have tremendous tutorials that cost absolutely nothing to educate yourself about. Yeah, I mean, and then it's, it's just a matter, matter of. Or go ahead. I was just going to say it's it's like going into the fight with one hand tied behind your back. I mean, you know, you got to know all the things that are open to you to be able to make them work for you. Yeah, and and the one thing you know, it's interesting. The one thing about um, search marketing and affiliate marketing is you're competing on such a global scale. It's not just like I mean, for a lot of the offers, guys could be anywhere in the world, and so it's not just like you know, it's a regional thing, a local thing, a city thing. I mean, you're actually competing against the best in the world. So for people to succeed, you know, in this industry, um, you know, I mean, you really have to, I mean, that's just, I think the education part, just going through the tutorials is just the start of it. And then you get into, then you get into some of the other things which really will separate people and um, as far as, like, quality scores and, you know, finding mm-hmm. some long-tail cheaper keywords and stuff like that. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you about the, you know, our uh, kind of our current economy is kind of in the crapper. Um, however, it seems like people, I, I think I just saw reports in the, I was looking at the Yahoo Q4 report, and, and Google's is going to be released later this week as well. It seems like more people have spent money on search marketing in, in the last quarter than in any time ever before. So are you guys kind of seeing that as well, still seeing a lot of growth and, and search marketing growth? 
Yeah, absolutely, and in CPA overall. I mean, when I think about the prospect of a, uh, a downturn here, uh, you know, if it affects advertising, it's going to affect offline first. And if it affects online, and it might not, it may in fact accelerate online because marketers are putting their budgets more online because it's more, uh, it's something that you can track better, better metrics, better ROI. And within the online space, if it does affect this at all, it's going to hit CPM before it hits CPA. So, you know, performance marketing is about as safe a place as you can be. This company was founded in the midst of the last ad recession. So uh, CPA works, direct marketing, direct response always works, uh, uh, even in the midst of a downturn. And uh, it could even be an opportunity if you're doing search within the CPA sector, if you're doing that kind of uh, affiliate marketing, there might be an opportunity, especially like if you're doing um, and this is you should see this really on the CPM side. If CPM rates go down, everyone's predicting they're going to go up. But if it's a really deep recession, they may go down if brand spend starts tailing off. And if that's the case, that's a buying opportunity if you're out there doing any kind of display because you can get out, get the CPM rates, especially on the remnant side, at a much cheaper price. So we're, now, you know, we're, the, um, we're cautiously optimistic. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to say it. The, um, I, I think that's kind of how I feel. I'm, I kind of feel very fortunate that we've been doing it at, I mean, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, was in the mobile space for us was kind of an all-time high. I mean, we had a very unique site, a very unique presence on the Internet. Now we have a ton of competition. Um, yeah. I probably didn't help that too much, you know, by talking about <laughs> the industry and, and stuff like that. But um, anyway, so talking about if we could just expand a little bit on the mobile industry, we had a question in the chat room saying, you know, when will the ringtone business officially die? Um, but I think a better question is, you know, you, you see so much regulation coming on now. Um, I know you guys were involved with something with the Florida Attorney General um, that you, you could maybe expand on it, but I believe you guys settled for, or, or I think it was donated, I forget what the proper term was, but it was over a million dollars. Right. And, and the same Attorney General now has got a million dollars from another company, another affiliate deal. Um, so it seems like they're really targeting the mobile industry. However, it seems like it's really made a resurgence in the last three or four months compared to this time last year. So yeah, maybe could I, you I, talk I, about the ringtone industry? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, I think the demand for ringtones uh, is not going away. Uh, so, you know, it, will it be the size there was two years ago when it was the heyday of it? Probably not. But it, it's definitely there. It's a still a big part of what we do. Um, we do a lot of other things as well. It's one category amongst many, but it's still a robust category. I, I think the regulatory environment and the changes that have been forced there, um, first of all, when we made the settlement with Florida, it was actually, uh, yeah, as you, you're, as you pointed out, it wasn't a settlement because they never filed any court papers against us. It was an investigation that culminated in what they call an assurance of uh, voluntary compliance. And that's a vehicle that they let you have if they decide that um, you're not really a bad guy and they don't really have to take you to court. Um, the million dollars that we paid was, was really all about trying to get them to go after people who are breaking the rules. And, and the AVC, it's, it's more about the language of an AVC that's relevant here because that creates a code of conduct for the industry. And it basically enshrined the way we've been doing business for a long time. And, and I think that the reason you've got, you know, you're starting to see a little bit of resurgence today and you're going to see it remain a robust category is that we finally got some guidelines from uh, a major state agency on how to do it right. And before that, it was pretty murky. You just didn't know necessarily it was all about one person versus another's interpretation of all of the 
you know, literally hundreds of different uh, sets of regulations that influence the business. So I think the fact that it's, it's finally become clear and obvious, hey, here's what you do, here's what you don't do, that allows people to get back into it a little bit more uh, aggressively than they were before because they know what the rules of the road are. It's similar to what everyone's hoping that uh, you're going to see with the value click with incentive marketing. Once they reach final settlement with the FTC around their web clients division and the whole incentive channel, um, I think a lot of people are hopeful that that will tell you what you can do, what you can't do, and, and once you have that clarity, then you can look at getting back into it. Uh, Zoogle, for example, does very little in the incentive channel, and that's because we're, you know, we just don't know what's right and what's wrong yet, and we're someone else is going through the process as opposed to us in that case. But once we have some clarity, then then we'll know how we can operate. And I think as far as mobile and ringtones go, you know, that's not going away. Uh, people like ringtones. There's a real market opportunity for it. People like to pay for it on a subscription basis, and uh, you know, so long as it remains out there, we're going to continue to offer it to uh, our affiliates. And, you know, I think the, the mobile industry, there's some things that are going on right now that are just unreal with, you know, I mean, with that whole subscription model. And I just, I kind of worry that, um, well, not so much worry, but I'm just, I'm just thinking that it can't continue at the same, you know, I mean, it kind of reminds me in a way of, of the reverse billing that you used to see with phone companies years ago where you'd call one number and then you just start getting a bill every month for a while. Yeah. And it's not yeah. and I know at least at least because it's on the internet, people can check, you know, that they've agreed to the terms of service, they have to confirm a PIN code. So I mean there's a lot less area where people can say, Oh, I just didn't know, you know, in the deceptive marketing stuff. But now you're starting to see, you know, these like predict your future and, you know, am I a, you know, like What's my yeah. you know cool name or who am I most like? And then they get your phone number, and then that seems to be it. I mean, how long can companies like that? I mean, and and I think it really boils down to the carriers. If I'm not wrong, I mean, they're the ones allowing these people to continually do this. I mean, I wonder why you know the Florida Attorney General or whoever isn't going after the carrier. Well, I, I think they um, they actually are, and I think you know there it, it would be. A definite mistake to characterize what they're doing as uh, as over. Uh, in fact, I think they're just getting started. And uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. At the end of the day, the carriers have for a long time profited from the actions of those of us that are trying to do the right thing and, uh, you know, uh, the people who are out there who are not. And, you know, it doesn't take too much research to figure out who some of those people are. I mean, some of the the, some of the offers you see out there that are, as you said, the, one, the find your crush or the, uh, the offers that you know, promise you to find Santa Claus or some of the insanity you see, where what you're really ending up with is uh, a $20 charge to your cell phone, which is buried on page 16 of your cell phone bill, uh, in many cases that your parents are receiving and they're not even going to notice it, and you're paying to receive four messages a month, whether it's, you know, a horoscope or a fortune or something like that, that's just not sustainable. That, that, that's, you know, absolutely uh, fraudulent and deceptive and has no place in legitimate marketing on, online, uh, legitimate search, legitimate web, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's not legitimate. It's, it's wrong. And uh, fortunately, there's a number of agencies out there who are finding the guys who are involved with it and uh, investigating them. And from our perspective, the more that happens, the more the bad guys are taken out of the picture, the better off it is for all of us. 
I mean, they're the ones who are out there screwing up the CPM rates on the on the you know on the display side that have uh, create problems on the search side as well in terms of uh, bidding. I think that uh, you know whenever you can pay a higher bounty out the front end, whether it's again take the CPM example where it's very clear you can pay a higher CPM than someone else because you're backing into a CPA that's higher because your fraudulent your I'm sorry your conversion is too high. And your conversion is so high because you know you're duping and defrauding consumers into a program that makes it difficult for a legitimate player to compete against you. And the faster those guys get taken out of the picture, the better off we all are. And, and kind of just speaking of the legitimate and stuff, we we also talked a little bit about incentivized offers. And I mean, I've had some what I think are pretty good ideas for some sites that are centered around incentivized offers, but the margin just isn't there because. I think they're. I think as an affiliate company, you guys probably have to account. Well, not just you, but the advertisers have to account for a large portion of that incentivized leads to be crap, right? Yeah, that's right. To some point. So I guess my my question is, you know, we talked a little bit about regulating that space and things like that. I mean, do you see it happening anytime soon that that space would be cleaned up and laws would be made, or are we talking, you know, 2012? No, I, I think it'll probably come sooner as opposed to later, depending uh, uh, unless the FTC fails in its mission. Uh, you know, when we, when we were dealing with Florida, we, we put a big emphasis in our negotiations on making sure that they put something out there that could be used as a code of conduct for the industry, and uh, and and we think we've got that in mobile marketing. Um, will the FTC rise to that level with incentive marketing? I hope so. The interactive settlement wasn't encouraging, you know. As far as I, but reading the interactive settlement feels like they didn't do anything. This doesn't create any injunctive relief, any change of behavior there. I think we're all hoping that the FTC actually comes out and puts something down, you know, throws down the gauntlet, says this is how you have to do it, and then you raise a good question. Once once you do it on a by the rules basis. Um, is it economically viable? And, and I'm not so sure. You know, I, I would definitely not bet uh, this company or our fortunes on incentive marketing when it's done right. Um, I like it. I think it'll play a good role if it's done right. But uh, you know, I think you're right. The uh, economics are not anywhere near as compelling as you know putting a good offer out there and getting somebody who's very interested in that good offer to go forward and, and complete an action. I mean, I think that's that's the real biz right there. Yeah, I think I think I think as a f- incentivized marketing gets really cleaned up, I think you will even see the regular offers get cleaned up because the advertisers will have, you know, such a better uh, return, you know, as a whole, where they won't have to budget this unknown for, you know, fraudulent leads or or just crap leads or whatever. So, yeah, okay, yeah, from we're, your lips to God's ears, I hope that's true. Okay, we're running we're running a little long here, so I have a a couple other things to ask you. Actually, one big one. Um, I went to AdTech San Francisco last year, and I saw so many new affiliate companies, I just couldn't believe it, and ones I'd never, ever heard of. And it seems like there's a new one popping up every day, um, and, and it seems like every one of them run the same offers, and you know, these, some of these tracking companies have made it so simple you know, to white label or whatever to start your own affiliate network. So, and, and a lot of them are you know, just completely focused on new user acquisition, as, you know, and, and we'll pay whatever to just get the numbers. So how would you say to new users to get them to come to Zoogle Ads and, and then keep them, I guess, in this, in this highly, getting to be highly, highly competitive space? 
Well, I think uh, I think it's a, a whole set of things, um, but in the inter- interest of time, I'll try to try to keep it as as, as kind of concise as I can. I mean, I think the best way we attract um, new advert new affiliates in the door is by having a uh, set of offers which are either out there at the highest payouts that we think you can get, um, or uh, you know, good payment terms so that someone can come in and get good payment terms, and uh, and where we need to, and we're starting to see more and more of that, going upstream and bringing in offers that are not the usual suspects in the CPA world. You know, if you look at the usual suspects, um, many of which we like and do good business with, that's where you see the margin pressure because every CPA network is able to go out there and, and grab those offers, and that becomes a little bit more of a challenge. And you see companies that, that come into existence Get some venture funding. Uh, use that venture funding because some of these VCs are trying to are desperate to get into the sector, get into the space. Then they use that venture money to kind of spend irrationally, and we saw a lot of that around the middle of 2007, um, early 2007 to the middle of 2007, and we started to see it fade away towards the end of 2007 because th- eventually the venture capital runs out. And you know, so long as you can spend irrationally, you can afford to try to you know take a Zoogle on uh, and take market share from us. But eventually, that cash runs out, and then you've got to go back to running an actual economically rational business. And we think scale matters a lot here, and scale allows us to run a little bit more of a rational business than some of the other guys, and, and to offer better terms. But going to get an offer that someone doesn't have, uh, and going up the, the food chain in terms of advertisers doing direct response type campaigns for major advertisers as opposed to, uh, you know, as opposed to continuity club type advertisers. It's another way for us to give affiliates a crack at offers they just can't get somewhere else. So that's a part of it. The other part of it is service. You know, we, we really try to listen to the publisher, listen to the affiliate. Um, you know, we assign affiliate managers. We think they're pretty good. Uh, in fact, I think they're the best in the business by a wide margin. I, I love the affiliate managers I work with here. Uh, one of the reasons that keep me excited about coming to work every day. And, you know, we're able to provide things like, hey, you know, tell us an offer that you, we don't have, we'll go out and get it for you. Um, you know, what, it, what do you need? Every case is different, and the affiliate manager probably has a different answer uh, depending on the individual circumstance of the affiliate. That's the kind of flexibility we can provide, which I think puts us in a different category than a lot of the other folks out there. And it's not that the other folks don't want to have that kind of flexibility, but we do have scale and history and, and leverage that comes along with being the size we are and having the resources we do. And I think that really allows us to differentiate ourselves as well compared to a lot of the upstarts that, you know, appear and then disappear. And um, that's a, it's, it's quite a bit there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see all these companies, and, and I don't want to, I almost said silly companies, but some of them, you know, I just, I just don't think they have a shot. I mean, you can tell some of them that are starting up are just completely echoing or, or at least are brokering deals through other companies, these second and third tier affiliates. And a lot of, you know, a lot of their traffic is, is rejects from high-quality affiliate companies. And so I just, I just don't see how, and that's just my experience. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, that's just, in my experience, that's what I've found. So anyway, um, and by the way, the, some of these companies that are willing to pay a ton of money and lose money to, you know, to impress people and gain clients, I'm available. So you can pay me <laughs> no, a lot and lose money on me. So I just, you know, until you go broke, that's fine. All right, so one question um, I had, and people will kill me if I don't ask, is you recently changed your referral um, arrangements. Can you talk about 
you know, kind of what brought about the change and, um, and what it means. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it was something we looked at very carefully, and I think what we've found is that uh, we did a pretty detailed analysis of it. We found that, unfortunately, there were a number of, uh, a number of folks out there that were taking advantage of it, and, uh, you know, it, it, there was the goal of the program ultimately is to bring more publishers in-house, not to, uh, you know, not to line anyone's pockets unnecessarily, but to bring more publishers in-house. And what we realized was, hey, you know, with that amount of money that we're spending on the program, we can go out and sponsor more events which address uh, a greater number of publishers at one particular setting, like connected to an affiliate, uh, uh, you know, affiliate summit show or something like that. So we thought that at the end of the day, we've tried different things in the past as well. It's all about trying to get our message out there and incent publishers to come along and join us. What we found is that the changes that we put into place, don't, it doesn't really have that dramatic effect on very many people. Um, it does allow us to be a little bit more creative with how we spend that money, as I mentioned before. Also, for the people who are really generating referrals and taking advantage of that, you know, we still reserve the right to strike one-off deals, and we already have done several. You know, if we've got someone out there who's a machine in terms of sending us referrals, we want to give that person the incentive to continue sending us referrals. If we've got someone out there who's figured out how to game our system and they're just making an annuity every month on our behalf and not really sending us any traffic uh, or, or other publishers or the referrals, then you know, we're not interested in necessarily putting money in that person's pocket. So it was all about making the business. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to jump in there because one thing that I've seen lately that is, I think has become annoying and kind of led to things like this is you see these people that show these screenshots of crazy amounts of earnings. Some could be Photoshopped, whatever. Um, and they say, you know, uh, here's what I did on the Zoogle ads and blah, 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 you know, and, 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 it's, just, and it's just filled with their referral link, too, you know, and, it, and it's kind of like a, it just seems like it's a very, very new trend that people are just kind of making like a little tutorial or ebook and then giving it all away and you know it's just filled to get and the whole goal is obviously just to get sign ups yeah know and, and you know we we're, we're just not in a position uh we don't, we don't want to be in a position where that's the point of it the point of it is to try to, try to get uh good publishers in our door who are going to make money with us and uh we're we're going to you know we're try some other things along the way. We'll probably try 15 other things over the next three years. But uh, it's all about trying to get that word out there. If you're a good publisher, you're a good affiliate, you've got something in, you know, in, in that's proprietary special around what you do with your website or your blog, uh, you understand uh, AdWords, you understand AdSense, um, you know, you've got clean email lists that you like to mail and a, you know, a, a good set of opted-in email lists, email names that you can mail to, you know, that's what we're here for. We're going to be able to get you offers in many cases that you can't get elsewhere. We try to get you the highest payouts we can. We're going to give you a high-level service. And we particularly like people, you know, go back to that super affiliate concept. We want people, uh, you know, frankly, uh, like yourself, Jeremy, who are, who are going to work with us over a period of time, provide us feedback, really be partners with us as we, as we go forward to grow this business. As we grow, uh, performance marketing grows, and, and it should be win-win and, and that's what we try to do here and what we really try to work on. And uh, by the way, I'm going to use that. I know we're running out of time. I just want to segue that into uh, telling you before we run out of time, you've, you've, you've asked all the questions. I want to make sure you realize how uh, important you're kind of held in regard by the staff here. I've been reading your stuff for a very long time, and I think we just talked today for the first time. But 
you're a resource that we use here. And uh, that's been really important to, I mean, to your point, it sometimes creates more competition, which, which can have, you know, an impact, not always the most positive uh, impact that you want. But by getting out there and educating people, you know, you've educated our own staff, you're educating the industry, you're helping the entire thing grow. And uh, I think it's not the size of the slice, it's the size of the pie, and you've helped to make the pie bigger. So I just wanted to say thanks for that, too. Well, thanks. It's very, it's very nice of you to say. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I know it was really last minute, and um, I, I think you've answered some, some, some difficult questions, and, and uh, actually you've answered every question that anyone posed to me. And um, thanks again for coming on. Do you have any last words before we part here? Uh, no, other than to say thank you for uh, it's been an honor to be able to uh, be on you know the fair, famous Jeremy Shoemaker show. I, you know we uh, as I said you're you're kind of famous around here, so it's been a real honor for me. Uh, really appreciate it. All right, well, thank you for coming on. Um, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you next week with another live show. Mm-hmm.